Count money, man. Money, Stack man. riches. Try, try, and told, try and told him I'm a beast, bud. What's up, gang? What's up, Welcome gang? to the broadcast. Simon Arias here. Get ready. It's a new day. What's up, gang? Welcome to another episode of the Grindcast, and we have my friend and president of American Income and National Income Life Insurance Company, the man, the myth, the legend, Dave Zoffin, my dude in the house. What's up, Dave? How's it going? It's going great. We're excited to have you on the Grindcast. Thanks for visiting uh, visiting the Berg today. Looking forward to it. It's exciting. It's my pleasure to be here. So we're we're uh, we're we're going to start out. You know, I want to be efficient, you know, with the time. Uh, we wanted to come straight out and ask if we could, if anybody has any hookups out there with essential water, uh, I feel like we're giving we're giving you a lot of plugs out here. I always got the water out. Hey, you want to be our first sponsor? Let me know. Hey, um, so we'll, 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 <laughs> we'll roll right into it. And uh, Dave, let me, let me ask, you know, how did you get started? with uh with american income how did you get in- introduced and and uh what was it like for you in the first year you know did you have a ton of support from friends family stuff like that and, and kind of how did that all play out yeah so um i was actually a personal recruit so my college roommate had been with the company for about five years and <clears throat> we actually kind of took turns every four or five months visiting each other it was my turn to go visit him in uh, florida he was actually living in orlando uh, working for the mark zipper agency back then and it was my turn to go visit him, and you know, we pick, picked me up for the airport. He had just moved into a new home. You know, he was living in a 6,000-square-foot house, four-car garage. You know, it was just stuff that you couldn't fake. And, you know, right was, out of college? No, it was about six years after school. Okay. But you know, it was just stuff that you, you, know, you couldn't fake. It was real. You know, sometimes people fake it till they make it. This wasn't fake, and this was real. And you know, I was actually doing well at the time um, in what I was doing, but I just wasn't really happy in it. Started asking some questions. Then kind of like the old competitive nature came out and I figured if he could do it, you know, I could do it too. Asked a few more questions and decided, you know what, I'm all in. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take the plunge, if you want to call it, and do it. Love it. And so when, <clears throat> when you first started out, you know, I know, you know, you'll hear about a lot of folks that start out here with the company and, you know, many of them, but not all, but a lot, a lot of the people that start out, you know, maybe they came from a background where, you know, they don't all have a college education or, or they didn't have uh, a lot of money, you know, gr- growing up or, or, you know, both parents and stuff like that. But I think your situation was a little bit unique in, in that uh, your parents, you know, did okay for themselves. They actually helped you, you know, helped you get through college. And, yeah, definitely. you know, I think I remember hearing you say that, you know, maybe your, your, uh, your dad maybe was it or, or one yep. of your parents was saying hey what when are you going to start when are you going to stop selling uh insurance in the hood <laughs> right so, so tell us about that you know because i think a lot a lot of the you know almost everybody has some of that in in the beginning of of uh of these types of businesses or or our business you know if if you will and uh even for myself you know it wasn't my mom directly but other you know people around me and and friends and family members and, and similar type deal so you know, what was that like, uh, that transition? You know, what were some of the things that, you know, that, that's understandably, you know, what, what people would say and, and how did you overcome those things? Yeah, so, you know, when I, when I came to the company, you know, I had a couple of different unique circumstances, I think, to the average person that comes to the company. You know, as you alluded to, you know, grew up in, you know, nice home. My parents did well. They were able to support us, give to school. Um, when I got out of school, got into the restaurant business for a little bit, did well at that. But just realized it wasn't the you know the right long term solution, and then I got into another sales career, 
And for the first year and a half, it was tough. You know, I knew I was going into it. Just it took time to get to the point where you developed your client base, where you were actually making money. And is this a this is a different <clears throat> company? Totally different company. About? Okay, it was basically selling retail, industrial packaging, and printing. Okay, yeah. You know, when I really struggled for about a year and a half, was living off a four hundred a week draw check. And when you got rent, utility bills, your car payment, and you, you know, if you want to eat, there's really no money left over. And you know, really, really, really struggled for about a year and a half, and then <clears throat> finally. I developed my client base where I started making money. And, you know, for about, that was basically back to 1999, first nine months of 1999, taking home about 200,000. You know, I was doing well, thought I was doing well. It wasn't really where I wanted to be, but from where I was the previous couple of years, I was doing really well. And then I had that visit to my, you know, my college roommate and said, you know what, this is where I want to be. I just felt like this was going to be home. This is, this was my calling to come to American income. And, you know, so you it. left a, a company where you were making already six figures. Yeah, I was going to make probably close to 300000 Okay, back in 1999. All right. But I just wasn't happy with it. And yep. I think being happy is really important, having a sense of purpose. And you know, all the things why everyone loves American income, I didn't get that from my previous career. Yep. And <clears throat> so I knew I had to get all my stuff. I, you know, when I go in, I want to go all in. Yep. So I didn't want to wait. So I just figured, what's the fastest way for me to get from Dallas? Because I was living in Dallas at the time to Orlando. And I called a couple friends and said, hey, would you be willing to help me move and drive my car across the country? And I don't know what wasn't appealing about that, but it was pretty hard. So then I moved on to my father, said, hey, I need a favor. You know, I need you to help me move. And well, why would you be moving to Orlando? And I explained to him I was going to work for American Income, and he was my college roommate. And his quote was, are you effing kidding me? You're going to give up what you've already accomplished in selling packaging and go sling insurance in the hood? And I said, listen, the day you cut me off, the day I graduated from college, was the day you eliminated yourself from my choices and decisions. I didn't ask for your commentary. to said, can you help me move? So, you know, in the beginning it was tough, but, you know, what happened to me is, you know, we've talked about this in the past, you know, for me, there was no choice but success, you know, because I had struggled when I had been on my own and, you know, I was broke as broke could possibly be. And in my mind, there was no way I was ever going to go back to those days. So my transition to the company was pretty simple. The failure wasn't an option, but I was smart enough to find the best of the best in the agency and, and take them out to lunch and find out what they were doing. And I knew if like this guy was the best at doing that, if I could just do a little bit more than him, then I'd be That's better huge. than him. I, I want to stop there for a minute. Two things point that, that stick out to me, and this will relate to to many things, not just our company. You know, the first one is is you know, and I know how much that you care, uh, respect, value, love. You know, your dad. I've had the opportunity to to, to meet him before, and and um, so it's not to to knock uh, your father. Of course, no. you, you wouldn't be where you're at without him. But, but I do think that a lot of people struggle. You know, I, I had some people close to me, you know, telling me very similar, you know, things. Not my mom, but people very close to me saying the same things. And, and if I would have listened, and if you would have listened to your dad, you wouldn't be the president of the company right no now. Way. Maybe you'd be doing something successful somewhere else because success leaves clues. But I know I wouldn't be where I'm at. And, and I'm not, my, my ego isn't out of whack enough to think that a lot of my blessings uh, would have come if it wasn't for me finding this company. You know, just like they say, you can't pick your parents, you can't pick your company. You know, a lot of times you, in the beginning, you can't, you can in a sense, but once you're in that company, I feel like I got blessed in many ways just by picking and having, you know, the, the, the right company. But I think a lot of kids, you know, coming out of high school, college, you know, you have that loyalty, you know, to your parents, you appreciate them, you value them and, and you listen to their opinions and they've guided you your whole life. And then it comes down to a period of, of where it's time to start making your own decisions. And I think most people can't do that. You know what what you were able to do. 
which is tell your dad I love you, I respect you, I appreciate you. Matter of fact, I need your help. Get me across the country, but just back me up because I'm about to make my own decisions here. You know, I think what went on in your mind, you know, in that process, because I know that can't be easy with, with somebody telling you, why are you leaving a quarter million plus job to start this and not 100% be behind it or understand it, and you say, I'm going to do it anyway. You know, I, what goes through your mind and how, and how do you, you know, get through that process? I think there's a lot of things that come to mind. <clears throat> you know, one, you know, when you don't love what you do, you're, you're working for a check and it'll limit you on how well you can do because if you're not truly passionate about what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, it's really just a job, no matter how much money you make. But when you love and you feel a calling, you feel like you're really making a difference, and at the same time, you know, the thing that promote, you know, that really, really got me excited about American income was the only person who would ever get in my way was myself. You know, at the other company, I wanted to get into management and there were no management opportunities. It was just sales. And I just felt like when I found it that, you know, when I went and visited my friend and met with my first um, state general agent, Mark Zipper, and found out that, hey, at the end of the day, everything's going to be up to me. And the only person who was ever going to get in my way would be me. You know, to me, that made me really excited because I believed in myself. And I always knew I wasn't the best, but I always knew I was willing to do more than everyone else. I was willing to do more with the best person that agency was, no matter whatever the given task was. And I just knew if I could do more than everyone else, there was no doubt I'd be successful. Yep. So the opportunity for advancement. Uh, When you move beyond that, you started talking about, okay, when I first started, I started to take uh, some of the top producers out to lunch. You know, I would spend time with the the top people. That sticks out to me. You know, that's something that I did too. Um, What went through your mind? I think a lot of people could learn from that. You know, that, that we just blow by this part of the segment. People can lose a lot of value in that. Um, what what was your thought process and how did that go in finding the top people? Why did you find the top people? What made you say, let me take them to lunch? You know, how did that whole process go? And what made you think that way? Yeah, you know, just like we all do today, you know, there was weekly recognition and then there would be monthly recognition. And I'd write down all the names of the top producers for the week. You know, when it was a monthly meeting, the top producer for the month. And I figured, listen, if there's something they got to be doing right. You said you were writing it down. I wrote so down that's the, the key. Meetings. So many people, they'll be in these meetings and they don't pay attention or they don't write things down. You heard JB say, note takers are money makers. Oh, for sure. All right, so you were taking notes in the meeting. You're writing it down. Writing down it, names. All right. And then after the meeting, I'd be like, hey, you know, if you were the top producer, you know, hey, you, would you mind if I took you out to lunch? I want to ask a couple questions. It's kind of new in the business. You know, I want to you know, maybe learn from what you've, some mistakes you've learned and learn from what you're doing right. And it's funny, back then, no one would turn down a free lunch. It was the best investment you could make. You know, we used to go to a place, you invest like seven, eight bucks in someone's lunch. It's priceless. I wouldn't even eat. All I would sit there and do was a pen and paper, ask them, I'd have my set Huge. questions. You know, the first time Huge. I didn't have my set questions. And I learned the second time I went to lunch, you know, I had my 10 to 15 questions. They were ready to go. I was firing away questions. Right so now you were ready to go. Oh, it's There's another thing. You were I coming always, in fired, you know what I mean? With the questions already ready to rock. No matter what business you're out there in right <clears> now or what it is that you're doing, are you identifying the top people that are where you want to be and moving your ego aside and reaching out to them and asking them questions and coming prepared? Yeah, you can't argue with results. No doubt. Like the results are the results. No, That's no the doubt. truth. You know, it's kind of like talk is cheap. The results tell, you know, make the real statement at the end of the day. So, you know, if someone's getting consistent results and someone's putting up the results, obviously they're doing something right. Yep. And what I would do is take the best of the best from the people I had a chance to sit down with and kind of made it my own. You know, okay. and made it work for me. Yep. You know, because everyone's personality is different. You know, what you might be able to do might really work for you, but my personality might fit. But what I could do is take part of what you do, you know, make it fit for me. Yep. And that was huge in the beginning. 
So started out in Florida. Started in Florida. All right. And then uh, how did you move up the ranks and, and what did that look like for you? So the company was a lot different back then. Back then, no one really got promoted for about six to nine months. You know, just the fact there wasn't room, it was a whole different deal back then. You know, for, for the most part, the company was very restricted on growth because of the lack of resources. And, you know, as the years went by, we got into, you know, child safe and third party vendors and alternative leads, which has really kind of changed the whole company where before in the past, there was restrictions on how big an office or agency could be where now it's, it's, un, it's unlimited. And back then they would just wait because it was very, only so many people could be in management. But I remember working out a deal with my MGA and my SGA and basically said in my first full month, if I hit a certain number, they would give me my essay contract. What I didn't find out is the number I agreed to, I overshot myself. No one had ever done 75% of the number I put myself to in a month. So when I said, hey, if I do this, you give me an essay contract, they were laughing. It was the funniest thing. I'm like, well, what's so funny? I'm like, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. If I do 20,000 net ALP in this month, I want my essay contract. And they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. Finally, I had to type it out and make them sign it because I just didn't feel comfortable. What I didn't find out is no one ever wrote more than 15,000 a month in the agency. Yep. So did you do it? Oh, I did it. So you did it. I didn't even go. First month. Yeah, I was supposed to go home for Thanksgiving, my first month. Way back in 99. Way back in November of 1999. Come on. With inflation and and, uh, all of that, that's probably like, you know, 40 grand. Yeah, the average sale was 300. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Back then. Yep. Yep. No doubt. All right. So you move up the ranks and and, uh, you had success at every level. You had success as an MGA, you know, a lot of success as an MGA, a lot of success as as an SGA, and then moved into the the president role, you know, within the last few years uh, with the company. As you as you've been with this company, you know, and I'll mention you've been with the company for twenty years. It'll be twenty years this uh, October. Twenty years next month. Yep. So congrats. Thank you on that. A lot of respect for that. Um, married for how long? Been married for sixteen years. Been married for for sixteen years to uh, to Christy. Yep. And you have how many children? Four. Four kids, three daughters. Three daughters and, and a son. son. Three daughters and a son. So not only uh, not only making it happen you know, in business, but making it happen at home, you know, as a husband and, and, uh, and as a father. So uh, congrats on, on all of that. I know none of it is easy, especially when you put it all together. Um, but what I, what, what I wanted to pull out is, you know, what have you seen that, because I've been with the company for 14 years, started directly out of college. What have you seen that stands out to you now that is different or better about the company versus, you know, when you started 20 years ago or when I started, you know, 14 years ago, it'll be 14 years for me in December. Man, there's a lot, there's a lot of things. One, I'd say compensation. Yeah. The compensation today has never been more rewarding on what you do, you know, at all levels, you know, in the past, you know, when I was an MGA, you know, my MJ bonuses were in the 20,000 range. Yeah. I was kind of putting the pen to the paper a couple months back. If I was an MGA today, yeah. My bonuses would be probably 80, 90,000 a month. Yeah which is yeah, quadruple nuts. nuts. Yeah. Um, you know, that not only the compensation, you know, you got better, you know, incentives. There's more, you know, there were no contests back then. We have amazing contests all the time. You know, you have the parent company now is so much more involved and gives so much more support. You know, when I first started, you know, we were owned by Torchmark, who's now Globe, but they were kind of in the back scenes. They didn't get and the recently support. Globe just, just uh, took over the naming rights to the Texas Rangers. Stadium. Yep. So the brand new stadium is being built. $1.4 billion stadium opening up next March. So it's going to be Globe Life Field for the next, I believe, 39 years. Beautiful. And then we just became, about two months ago, the official life insurance company of the Dallas Cowboys. Too. Saw that. It's huge. Saw that. Yeah, they're just really willing to invest into the brand. And yeah, I think that's just going to be the beginning of it. They're going to get into a lot more things to get the name out, which only, only helps us. That was my biggest fear. You know, I, I remember coming out my first year 
and uh, you know, making one hundred eighty-seven thousand dollars. You know, with this company at twenty-two years old. You know, raised by a single mom. My grandma. You know, grandparents p- pitched in a little bit for me uh, to help out. It was a group group effort. Mom had me at nineteen years old, and um, you know, part of my life I was. You know, we were on welfare, stood on welfare lines. And I look at, you know, my first year out of college and I already did what I thought my dream would be maybe by the time I'm 60 years old, you know, to make six figures. And I did it at 22 and and 23 by the grace of God and this company and some great mentors. And when I looked at that, you know, my second year, this is going on and, you know, almost double that in my second year. And I didn't have a friend in the business. I didn't have, you know, parent or cousin or none of that. Somebody called my resume, Marcus. And uh, it, all I remember thinking my second year was I'm scared to death that this is all going to just go away. You know, I, I, is this even real? You know, is this a real thing? Is this a real company? I mean, how is this even possible? And it wasn't until I met, you know, the folks from from uh, the company and, and Torchmark and and I saw it myself for, that I start to believe like, whew, Man, the only one that's going to blow this is you, Simon. This is actually a real thing. This is a a real company because my thought process was so small. I didn't yeah. know anybody in the world doing stuff like that. I, I everybody around me was was blue collar, and I'm thankful for for those relationships in my family. That was, you know, they taught me how to work hard. They taught me how to respect people. Taught me the uh, the toughness and and love and how to stand up for a lot of my family was was in the union. They would stand up for you know for their brothers in, in situations like that. So I'm grateful and thankful. But I didn't have anybody out there that was showing me something this big was possible for someone like me. So I was scared to death that this wasn't even a real company. You no, know, it's funny. You know I mean? Even with my support system, I had felt the same way. You know, I kept on saying, "Is this real? Like, how could this be real? Making the kind of money that's being made, have the advancement that's." Here, being 100% control of your career. Yeah, I was just waiting for one day for someone to tell me, hey, the joke's on you. This isn't real. Like, I remember going back to my friend who was my, you know, my college roommate my, who recruited me. Like, just tell me the truth. Is this real? Like, it just didn't feel real because to do something that you can kind of like fall in love with and feel really good about, you know, not only are you helping people, you know, out in the world that really need help. Like, you have that opportunity to be for, you know, be there for families at the most devastating time in their lives when someone passes away. And know that you're there for people and then the same side be able to take people that come into the company like both you and me where you can bring them in and kind of be their tour guide and show them you know hey this is not only is this real but help them develop not only as a person um as a you know a husband or a wife or a significant other and show them how listen if you're willing to do your part we're going to do our part and show you how to get to this point and the only person ever is going to get your way is that good looking per- person that serves you back in the mirror i mean to this day i still have to pinch myself sometimes it's been 20 years i'm like i'm just wait hope you know hoping not to wake up and say, hey, this last 20 years wasn't real because it just allows you to achieve everything you'd always dreamed for and much more. Yeah, I think, you know, part of the things, you know, you're talking about, you know, the money and what the company's been able to do. You know, I think another thing that's impressive and, and you could hear about it, but when you really see it, um, it's special. You know, the, the company truly, you hear people say that they give back, but everywhere that we go, you know, whether, you know, if it's a executive council meetings or SGA meetings or convention, you know, we have something that um, wherever we go, we make that community a little bit better. You know, wherever we're at, we're going to leave a piece of ourselves there financially and we're going to contribute to that area and make it a little bit better. And, uh, you know, that's something that I've grown to love about this company and respect about the company is that, you know, they're very, you know, very giving from the top down, from the corporate company and Globe Life to American Income separately to the individuals in the company. 
you know, I could tell you, you know, five years ago, it's almost been about five years, you know, we started uh, Inspiring Minds, you know, the youth program in uh, my hometown, which was a dream of mine. And when we started that uh, branch of Inspiring Minds, um, you know, the one thing is an idea, but the second thing, anybody that's ever done a nonprofit, they realize the second thing you need is you need some money. And so I didn't know what, where we were going to do this, how we were going to do this. A lot of it, I was going to be able to self fund, uh, due to, to, to the company, but the amount of, of support that I, that I received the very first, um, thing that we had was unbelievable. You know, the fundraiser that we had, we had the CEO of Torchmark flew in, Mark McAndrew, you know, all of you guys flew in, people were flying in from, from Florida and all over the country to start this program with me and you know i've seen companies out there where someone will 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 pass away and the whole company can't even raise you know a thousand dollars or a couple thousand dollars to help you know someone in in a time of need and and i got people flying in all over the company all over the country to help something like this even even recently you know we had someone in in the company that developed cancer and he has children and he's a husband and a father and and uh we came together as a group and none of us had any financial vesting in his uh life or his career you know i've never made a dollar off him never worked for us none of that but just to collectively come together like a team like a brotherhood like a sisterhood like a family and we were able to raise uh i think it was about 30 grand uh thirty thousand dollars for for chris yeah. uh recently and uh, that's what I respect about the, the heart in, twice. In, in the lifeblood of, uh, of the company. Yeah, it's something that totally sets us apart versus the other company. We're legitimately a family. I mean, you said it. We're legitimately a family. Like, you know, we take care of our own. We look out for our own. We want to make sure whether someone has a fi- vested financial interest in someone or not, you're part of the family. We want to make sure that everyone gets taken care of. Um, you know, and you kind of talked about, you know, the program, the Make Tomorrow Better program. You know, Globe Life is just so generous. You know, and the money that they give to council members every year, and there's, that's about to go up. That's going to go up fifty percent for next year. Wow! So each council member is going to be fifty percent more to donate to charities local to them. Love it. You know, they allow Steve and I to have a fund where we can give to, you know, SGAs. You know, some of the things that they're passionate about in their territories. You know, over and above the council donations, and you know, it's just amazing when people come together yep. you know, and what they really do. You know, something that stands out to me. You were saying about you know you you, you when you started out you found your purpose, you know, and, and love, you know, for what you were doing in the company. Uh, I think that message can be, you know, we could talk about that, elaborate on that more um, because I felt, I felt similar, but there was things in the process that I didn't like. There was things in a process that I didn't love, but I still felt a love for this company and for the game. I felt a love for the game. I felt, I felt a purpose. I felt a calling. I felt all those things, but there was things in that process that I remember not liking that you needed to, to yeah. fight through and get to. So, you know, I, why don't you talk about that? You know, h- how did you, you know, was there anything in the process that you didn't like that you, but you, how do you say, man, I found a purpose and I, and I loved it, but there was probably some things in there that you didn't love. How do you, you know, articulate that? Yeah. I mean, definitely. I think everyone comes in and there's parts of the process that you just rather not do than do. But at the end of the day, it's easy to get overcome those. If you have really clear and precise goals and you understand exactly what you want, not only from American income or national income life, but what you want from your life, what you really learn real quick, that's just part of the process and it's just part of the grind. And you learn to love to do those things because you understand that the quicker you learn to love the things that you don't like to do is the quicker you're going to get on the path to getting your goals. So what happens is 
you know, there were certain things. I don't know if you want me to get into the specifics. You know, back when I started, we called resumes at seven o'clock in the morning. It wasn't really crazy about calling resumes. Yep. But I just knew if I wanted to build my team other than, you know, personally recruiting my team, which I did a lot of and found that that was a much better way to build my team to get on the phone and calling strangers. Um, but you still have to do both. You know, we did it. You know, I, there was times where you know, if you didn't have a good schedule, like I didn't like getting on the phone at seven in the morning, you know, and calling some, you know, more appointments before we got on the phone and call resumes. Yeah, but you got to do it. You know, there was times where, you know, we're set, you know, one of the huge changes of the company now versus when I started, you know, the leads were far and few between when I first started. So when I first started, one day, you'd be three hours south, the next day, you'd be two and a half hours north, then you might be three hours west. And, you know, to me, like, I would never, I never, ever cut a day short. Like to me, like if there was light on, I was knocking on it. It's hard for me to so, understand. I know. I just couldn't do it. Like yeah. if I was going to go drive three and a half hours or three hours, there was no way I was not coming home with at least $2,000 of ALP. And that was back when the average sale was 300. Yep. So like, you know, I love doing door knocks because I knew if you got in a door knock, the close was like 90%. But I didn't love doing door knocks like at 925 at night because I knew if I got in back when I started, it was a two hour process in the home yep. you know, with that 19 page script. So I knew you're out by 1130 and you had a two and a half, three hour ride home. I wasn't in love with getting home at two thirty, three o'clock in the morning, knowing that I had to get up at six. And how could you say you loved it? I loved it because every time I did it, got me one step closer to what I, the reason why I really. That's came what here. I think people need to get. I mean, it's just it's temporary. No matter what your business is, I think yeah. this is what people need to get. The, the grind is temporary, you know. And a lot of people have a hard time convincing themselves. Like you can sell yourself on anything when you want, and that's what I learned. Amen. I can sell myself that the grind's not that big of a deal, or I can sit there and stay in bed all day and say, "Yeah, it's just not worth it." And da da da. What everyone needs to understand is, no matter what you're doing, the grind is always worth it. You know, if the reward was as high as it is. And there wasn't a price to pay. Everybody it would be, would it would be, be doing it. It would be doing it. It'd be too good to be true. That's right. And what I can promise you is I'm a living testimony. You're a living testimony that there's nothing too good to be true about this. All you got to be willing to do is just pay the price. And I don't think the price is that hard. You know, all of it matters. You know, once you get going and doing it, then what I found is it's really not that big of a deal. Like the mental, the emotional roller coaster of saying, yeah, I want to do it. Or, hey, I hate doing this. or I don't want to do that is a lot more taxing than actually doing it. And once you do it, by the time it's over before you even know it, and you're moving on to that next step in your career. No doubt. So, you know, now that you've been with the company, you've made a couple moves. How many times have you moved for this company? <laughs> for this Got to be six. Eleven. Eleven times. Okay. Eleven times. So, like a coach, you know, and, and so if you, you, you move eleven times. All 100% on me. No doubt. My choice. And now you travel you know, as the president of the company, you know, you, you got to go bounce around to some of the other offices and, and, uh, and stuff like that in your travels and in your 20 year career and, and, uh, and stuff like that. What, what sticks out to you about people that are successful and get the job done, uh, versus people that don't, you know, is there anything that stands out and say, man, you know, it seems like these qualities or th these things stand out about the people that make it and the people that don't make it. I mean, some of it might be just kind of talking about what we talked a little bit earlier, but it's really clear that they have a real true sense of purpose and a true sense of why. Like, yeah, because the why, you know, we talked about this a couple minutes ago, what you want out of life becomes the justification of doing those things that you don't want to do. You know, some people call it the things that they hate to do, but it becomes a justification of doing them, understanding that that's the only difference between where they are and where they want to be. So I would say the successful people have a true sense of why, they have a true sense of purpose, They've figured out exactly what they want from their lives. And when you have that, you know, it's really just a matter of time to get there. You know, the other thing I found out is that the real successful people do more than everyone else. You know, it kind of goes back in the beginning. 
you know, it's kind of been like the 20 year case study of when I first started off with the company. You know, I figured out who was the best at this and who was the best at that. And I just kind of figured out what they did. And I didn't want to reinvent the book. What I just did was more than what they were doing. So I knew if I did more than what they were doing, I would be able to get more than what they were, they were getting. And it kind of worked you know, for my whole entire career. Is that you know, if you're just willing to put in the time, you make the sacrifice, you put in the effort, it's, it's all going to work out. Do we win every day? No. You're sitting in a line, do we win every day? No. But if you make the right choices and you make the right decisions and you hold yourself accountable, that's another thing is the people that do really well are really good at making choices and decisions. Like there aren't any stupid mistakes. The only stupid mistake is making the same bad decision over and over again. It's kind of like an insanity and expecting a different result. But if you learn from your mistakes, you know, failures are just, you know, temporary setbacks. They're learning lessons of what you need to do to make the right choices and decisions. But if you can kind of put that all together and hold yourself accountable and, you know, win every day, you know, when you can get in the mindset of winning every day, then you win every week, then you win every month, then you're going to have success. But you know, people that kind of draw lines in the sand, that'd be another thing. You know, the winners in this company don't like have a line in the sand. They don't say, hey, I'm, I'm willing to do this, but I'm not willing to do that. You got to be willing to do it all. Whatever it takes. You can't take. People ask me, what does it take? Whatever it takes. It, whatever it takes. That's it. What I can promise you is that anyone who's willing to do the things we've been talking about, they won't regret it. I'm a firm believer the only Amen. thing you ever regret is not doing it. Amen. Amen to that. Amen to that. Where, where do you see uh, this company 10 years from today? You know, I mean, what, what, what does that look like? You know, in, in, in your mind, where do you see this company 10 years from today? Where do you see our agency 10 years from today? That's a great question. You know, if we're not doing well over a billion dollars and all of us starting myself, we collectively missed out on a whole. You know, I see us being over a billion dollar year, you know, new sales company. I could see us having 35,000 to 40,000 agents and managers working for this company. You know, I see us having five times as many offices as we have today, you know, at least five times as many managers. You know, the agency owner parts are really going to depend on the people. So I'm not really plugging in an agency owner part, but I just think the infrastructure is there. You know, the time is now. You know, we've proven, we've learned. You know, listen, in this economy today where unemployment's at record lows, you know, we're still growing our company and our agent count and our management count like anyone else in the industry. I just feel like everything's primed for the spot. We're just, you know, looking for people that want to change their lives. We're, it's, it's ironic you're a, you're a Patriots fan. <laughs> and uh, so what things what things stick out to you about the the multiple time world champion uh new england patriots what what things stick out to you about the patriots that you think coincide or mirror what it takes to be successful in this business or or outside of this business uh what do you see from tom brady that makes him a star that would mirror you know these these things in our business yeah i mean if you want to start with him it was a student of the game like you can never stop being a student of this game or any game you want to win. And the second you stop learning or subjecting yourselves to developing and investing in yourself is the day you start dying. I'm, I'm a true believer of that. So to this day, you know, I try to start off every day, listen to books on tape. You know, I want to make sure I practice whatever it is I preach, but you can tell he's always getting better. You know, so in the announcer yesterday in the Patriots game said, Tom Brady is still getting better at the age of 42. It's crazy. That's got to be intentional. It's crazy. It has to be intentional. It's intentional. Yeah. You know, a lot of it's, you know, everything rises and falls on leadership. You know, there's no, there's no question or there's no mystery about it. You know, Belichick's an amazing leader. You know, and in this business, if you really want to grow, you've got to be a great leader. You've got to be investing yourself as a leader, not only in sales, but, you know, like Brady is the quarterback, if you want to equate that to sales, but you've got to invest in yourself as leadership. You can't be stagnant. He's always trying to, you know, learn and develop and stay ahead. You know, he's, he's proactive. 
you know, in his coaching style. And he's proactive in what everyone else is doing in the league. And someone here has to be really proactive too. I'm a firm believer if you're always reacting, you're always a step or two ahead, behind him, sorry, and you can never get ahead. You know, the other part is they've proven that systems and structure works, which is like American income. You know, you need really good systems and structure. You know, they are able to take players that people like kind of cut, but they're able to take players of, that don't get drafted every year. They have at least someone stand out, make massive contributions of an undrafted free agent. You know, they have, they're able to take players that get cut, you know, whether it's, you know, before the 53-man roster gets out or they're getting people that get cut because, you know, the casualties of salary caps and or they're able to get people kind of towards the end, the twilight of their career where one team wants to give up on them and they're able to put them in and plug them in the system and able to win with that. But they also win with people that are versatile. And to be really successful in this company, you got to be versatile. You can't just be a one-trick pony. You got to be, you know, if you want to be in leadership, you got to be really good at all the core parts of leadership, whether it's, you know, leading other people, whether it's recruiting, whether it's training, you have to be good at all that. And that's, I think there's so many similarities between what the Patriots do. And a lot of people don't like to hear about that. But I mean, if you're not going to study them, you're kind of missing out on the whole really great history lesson. No doubt. No doubt. I, I would, um, you know, I, I would couple that and, and say, do you remember when one of the most... One of the last few Super Bowls they won, I can't remember which one, but I remember seeing a parade, and um, and and one of those interviews, and you know everybody, a couple people get to speak, and and Belichick got up there and he had a chance to speak, and he chanted three words: "No days off, no days off, no days off." So this man, you know, I don't know how old he is, you know, but he got to be sixties. Yeah, I was going to sixty-seven. Okay, so he's six sixty-seven. And I think part of the reason why he's great is because he came through Youngstown. He came yeah, through. He was, right. he was in Struthers outside of Youngstown as, as, a, young, as a young lad. But um, he was chanting no days off. So you would think 60-some years old, multiple-time Super Bowl winner, got the best quarterback, in my opinion, the best quarterback to ever play the game, multiple you know, things that he's accomplished, first ballot Hall of Famer, and the first thing on his, on his mind – is no days off no days off going back to the boom we got to go back to the grind and i think those are things when you watch brady in the off season getting with his receivers and going off to different places where they'll they'll bond and, and keep i just think they beat people in the mindset and they beat people with work ethic and i think people underestimate what it takes to be great i think if you want to be great you need to be obsessed and and people shy away from that you know you show me somebody that's great show me an olympic champion show me a champion at anything and i'm going to show you somebody that is obsessed and a lot of the world will tell you that you're wrong if you're obsessed because weak people have been or other people they're listening to versus finding solutions to what it is that they want to be great at no one says that you can't be great at all you know, you, it, all things that, that that you can be great in business, and you can be great as a parent, and you can be great as a husband. You know, these are just specifically to me things that I'm trying to pursue greatness at. I want to be great, and I'm obsessed with our business. I think about it every day. I do it every day, regardless of where I'm at. I'm getting better. I'm I'm, I'm in books, leadership books. I don't think I'm good enough currently right now. To, to do the things that I want to do with this company, even if people can can point to numbers that, you know, haven't been done much before. I'm obsessed with trying to be a great dad. You know, I'm every every week I'm looking at my schedule and making sure that I got time in, you know, with the kids and I'm putting time into them. 
I want to be great as a husband. And I, I think that people think that other people have told them that you can't be obsessed in this or that and still win in those areas. And so they start to beat themselves mentally. The, the mind is, is a powerful, powerful, powerful tool. And whatever you start to think up in your mind starts to become your reality and is, is what happens with your life and in your body. And so if you start to write yourself off and say, man, I sure would love to pursue this dream, but I want to be a good dad. Or I sure would love to pursue this dream, but I got to be, a, you know, I'd like to be a good wife or I'd like to be a good mom. You start to beat yourself with the thoughts that you're giving yourself that are false and not true. So I'd like to just encourage people out there. I'm telling you one thing that you, me, nobody else can, can, can help. If you plan to do anything great, you have to get obsessed and stay obsessed. Well, you just said, period. you got to plan. Like you can be a great in the business. You can be a great significant other. Schedule it. You can be it. a great parent. But if you don't have a plan for it, then you're not going to do it. You know, and you said something else kind of triggered a thought. A lot of times people use things in their lives as the excuse, excuse. of why they can't do it. No doubt. But it should be the opposite. They should want to figure out a way to do it because of that. Like, oh, I'm sorry, I just can't do it because I got to do this for my kids. No, you should want to do this for your kids to be able to provide a better lifestyle for your kids. It, and provide a better lifestyle for your family. Amen. You know, a lot of this comes down to, you know, it's kind of like, I know it probably drives a lot of people crazy. I'm just happy it's my team. But, you know. I respect the shit out of them. And if, you know what, and if it wasn't my I team, love watching it and I respect the shit. I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. But but I respect that organization and, and, and Bill and Tom. And, and, and I just respect it so much because I'm a student of success. And I have such admiration. I know what it takes to, to to play at that level. But what I respect and appreciate the most is is I know what it takes to stay at that level. It's hard. It's yeah, harder yeah. to stay at the top oh than it is to get to the top. Oh my God. But I was gonna say, you know, if I didn't even if I didn't grow up one town over from where the stadium is, you know, I'm a legit grow up one town over. Yep. Um, you know, I'd be a student of them as well. And what they've shown is you don't have to be the best. You don't have to be the strongest, you don't have to be the fastest, you don't have to be the tallest. But what you got to do, and I believe it's quintessential to having a success here too, you've got to have it in here and you've got to have it up here. Like this is a lot more important than this. You need Heart to have set, this. mindset, more it's important than skill so important. set. Because I can convince myself of anything I want to do and I convince myself of anything I don't want to do or don't need to do. And at the end of the day, you know, it's just people just use the things like we just talked about as a reason why they can't do it instead of using it the reason why they need to do it. And if everyone just sat there and became a student and applied themselves and just didn't quit and to just figure out you know why they really want to have the things they want to do it'll give you the perseverance to fight through the tough talk times. about not quitting you know maybe maybe we'll start to wrap it up on this um regardless of of the industry you know i, I keep saying that because i i want this to add value to to anybody in any yeah. any field but i i think the i've seen so many people that should be great in in this business or in, in life or business in general, and, and they just, they quit too easily. They give up too too easily. You know, when I look at the history of, you know, Rick Altig always reminds me, man, it, you know, it took me 20 years to get to a million dollars or something, he said, you know, in a, yeah. in, in a, in a, uh, in a year. To, you know, 20 years to get to a million a year. You know, we've put up million dollar weeks, and he seems, you know, so far, you know, out there for me and, and, and for others. Um, people forget that that happened. 
And I look at Zach, you know, Zach Hart. He's had a successful career here. You know, I think he'll tell you in his first six months, uh, you know, it was a monthly bonus back then. Yep. I think he only bonus one time or something in his first six months, you know, with, with the company early, eight, eight, 19, 20 years old. Uh, where would he be, you know, in his family be? If he quit. If, if he would have quit. You know, where, where would Altig be in, in that, this company be if, if he would have quit? And so, you know, much like, you know, I was thinking about what you were, my dad told me, you know, where you sell nights and weekends in the hood. Uh, Shoe Dog, a, a, a book that I've, I, I like by Phil Knight, the founder of Nike. You know, his dad told him, when are you going to stop selling shoes out of the trunk of, of your car? Now the company's worth over $50, $50 billion. What, what advice would you give to an agent here in their first six months? as you know they're trying to get to where they want to be and i'm not talking about the ones that just you know no matter what there's just a certain amount of people that just don't got it you know what i mean if, if there's 100 people there's going to be 10 20 people they just don't got it yeah, they don't get it. but i think more people have it than don't have it that i see but they, they 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 quit too soon so what would you say to that you know agent in their first six months you know that to encourage them or advice that you would give them seeing the people that have made it and seeing where everybody came from that would maybe help them in a, in a point where maybe they feel like they're breaking down because I think there's, there's points where there's these turning points in, in careers and lives that really make a difference. You know, the, the V in the road, if you will, you know, adversity causes some people to break and other people to break records. You know yeah. what I mean? Those breaking points. W what advice would you give? I'll share what I told myself. You know, when I first started, I told myself, I'm going to give this everything I got and not even going to think about if I made the right choice or not for a year and a half. And that's the deal I made. I mean, the deal I made with myself is I'm going to give this all I got for a year and a half and add a year and a half, then I'll step back and I'll take a day to reevaluate and see if I made the right choice or decision. And I think for a brand new agent, you know, I think it's easier, you know, they could say, hey, they're watching this tape, they're a brand new agent or someone new in their craft or trade, even if it wasn't here. And they'll probably say, it's, bless you. Think they'd probably say it's easy for you to say because you've achieved what you've achieved, like am you know, amazing success with the company. And I know you're not happy about it and you haven't even scratched the surface. And I think it's probably easy for them to say, hey, you know, you've done what you've done. You've been at the company 20 years as well. And now you're the president. But what I can tell you is that if you make a deal and a commitment with yourself and say, hey, I'm going to give this at least a year. I don't even think six months is, is enough time. But if the people would make a pledge with themselves and say, hey, I am going to give this a year of everything I got and not even one time will I either contemplate the thought of quitting. I think so many more people would make it. I agree. And that's the deal I made myself. I just said, I there's no talking about quit. No matter how late it was when I got home, no matter how hard it was, you know, I could tell stories for days, no matter how many times I got lost or, you know, I had this jinx Cherokee, you know, I had a brand new grand Cherokee limited freaking thing was jinxed. The rear passenger tire blew out 11 times. It was crazy. The, and when I'm on the highway and it's 95 degrees out and, you know, back then we used to wear a shirt and tie in the field, you know, not like today. And you're sitting there like shirt and tie. God, I can't believe I got to change my tire because, you know, roadside assistance took like three hours to get there and I couldn't miss an appointment. You get out there and it's like, you know what, you can take off all your, you can take off your shirt because you're going to sweat through it. And then you got to go find a you know, hotel lobby to go get into and get in the bathroom and you know, clean off. You got to do what you got to do, but not once I'd ever say, gosh, I guess someone's not wanting to make it. I just felt like there's no matter what, I'm never going to have that discussion with myself. And if you can make that commitment, it's a lot easier. And you never find yourself even having the conversation, hey, but did I make the right choice? Because then undoubtedly you did make the right choice. 
Yeah. I, so what's your daughter's name that likes the Browns? Taylor. Taylor, I just want to shout you out and say what your husband is getting really lucky. Whoever ends up finding you is finding an amazing person and a loyal woman because you grow up in, and I know you root for the Patriots too, but when you grow up in a house full of Pats fans and you somehow end up with the Browns, that tells me you got a heart of gold and you're super, super loyal and you have great taste, my girl. Okay, <laughs> stay, stick stick with it. One day is going to be our day. Maybe another 20 years, but it's going to be our day someday. And, and, and Dave, you know, I'll just tell everybody, the listeners, it, it, you're going to be hard-pressed to find somebody that's a better person uh, and a better man, you know, than 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 I've seen in in Dave and knowing you for as as long as I've known you, and uh, makes me feel comfortable and sleep well at night, you know, about knowing that the company's in you know your hands and and uh, Steve's hands, you know, two great great people and great men, and uh, your work ethic is impeccable. You know, there's not many people. I think you're working harder, uh, and it's just who you are. It's it's your work ethic is is as hard as some of our field trainers, you know, a agents, SAs, GAs, you know, you're, you're, you're just constantly on the grind. And that's something that I that I respect about you a lot, not just your character uh, and integrity and the person that you are, but just that that work ethic and, and competitive nature and drive that you got, man. I really admire that about you. And I appreciate you making the trip to uh, to, to, to Pittsburgh to come see us. So uh, I appreciate that, too. And I know Steve and I feel the exact same way about you. You know, I sleep a little bit better at night knowing that we have you on our team and you as an agent owner with your goals and your vision. You know, it just makes it a little bit set, more settling for us to know that, hey, we're going to take this company to a billion. And I wish we had a few more of you, but not to take anything away from anyone else. But I know we sleep better at night knowing that, you know, you're an agent, SGA, you know, agency owner with the company and with your goals and visions, there's no doubt that you're going to achieve everything you want to and more. Um, and it's just a true testament to who you are too. I got the best team that I've ever had. Uh, God bless me right now with with the with a field of just animals and superstars. And so, God willing, uh, the best is the best is yet to come. Yeah, your team's on fire. Yep. Great people. Yep, staying that way too. So, uh, Dave, thanks for joining us, and uh, thanks to everybody for tuning in. If you found any value in this. Please share it with others so we can impact our piece of the world. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Grindcast. Get ready. It's a new day. Count money, man. Money, Stack man. riches. Try and told, told him I'm a beast, bud. Money.